I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi everyone, I am so excited about today's episode of my podcast, Beauty Bosses. I am here with two amazing, brilliant, talented women today, uh, Julia Von Bohm and Maria Encalada. And we are here today to talk about all things beauty and fashion. So Julia, you were, you are the, <laughs> let's not, uh, let's not um, retire you just yet. <laughs> You're the fashion director of InStyle magazine, um, the stylist for Nicole Kidman and a bunch of other beautiful people. Um, you are a consultant and creative director for many major fashion brands. And you and Maria together are the co-founders of the newly launched, amazing, beautiful website, juliebombom.com. That's correct. Yes. Did we get that right? Yeah, yeah. did we get it right? Um, well, you have so many credentials, it's hard to keep track, but I feel like I did a good job. <laughs> I think you did amazing. You did, yep. Um, I'm so happy to have you guys here because you both are doing something really exciting in the fashion world. And I kind of want to start backward and ask you about the newly launched website. Can you tell us a little bit about the motivation for that and what your vision for it is? I mean, the motivation was basically um, that I saw all this information that's out there and that seemed to me very unedited. As an editor, I like to edit and I like to edit it down. And I feel like I see so many things and I'm so busy and I hear so many things and I travel so much that I just felt I could maybe help people that are similar to have a similar lifestyle to mine to um, give them tips and and uh, basically yeah tell them my experience of things and narrow it down for them and make it easier to go through the forest of un, um, useful information that's out there on the internet. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the most difficult thing of the internet era. We're bombarded with information and there's no curation. Exactly. And it's like, how do you figure out what's really good? And no one, nobody has the time to go to every single restaurant and hotel and try everything, every single lipstick and... No, neither do I, but <laughs> the good thing is that I heard a lot of things and I saw a lot of things and I had a lot of people telling me which restaurant to go to, then I tried them out and so now I feel ready to talk about them or like hotels that I travel to and then even the fact that I'm a mother and I travel with the kids, I can give tips to people which restaurant would be child-friendly or or which hotel would be great for staying, um, spending a vacation um, with your kids and spring break, but it's not very kids-heavy because... Um, it's just when it becomes useful, then I filter it in because that's my life. My life is also my children. So it happens that I talk about that as well. And otherwise it's also fashion tips. It's things that I'm inspired by. It's like, what would I pack when I go to um, spring break to Jamaica? And it really comes out of my belly. It's not, it's curated in the sense that I think I have good taste. <laughs> I put it out there. <laughs> you do, yeah. extremely chic. <laughs> Um, okay, well, so let's rewind a little bit. Did you always know when you were, let's say, when you were 15, 16 years old, did you always know that you were interested in fashion? Yes, I actually knew it even much earlier than that. Um, I knew it, um, actually, yeah, I knew it from 
maybe when I was like seven years old or something, I already knew I was very interested in, I always knew I wanted to learn French as a first language, which was not very usual in, in Germany. Um, my sister started with Latin, so did my brother, whatever, but I was like, I want to go to a different school, I want to start with French because I'm going to Paris. I'm like, okay, my parents let me do that, so I did that. Um, and then uh, when I was doing the, um, it's, I think it's called prom in America, in uh, Germany it's the Abschlussball, which is the final ball of school. I actually designed my own dress and I made it out of mosquito net, which is really weird. Oh my um, god! Yes, and I sewed it together myself and then I put little like uh, butterflies, the ones that I've made out of feathers that you get in flower shops. Uh -huh. And I put those all over the dress. And that was my creation and I was totally proud of it. I was not like embarrassed to walk. I mean, it was pretty actually. I need to I see this. No, I know. I, I don't know. know. Picture, wow, I would love to see that I too. I need to see this. So that was my first creation. And then I was, I always was convinced about it. And then when I was 19, straight after school, I went to Paris with my dad with a folder of um, drawings and sketches. And I applied to the fashion design school, which uh, was L'Ecole de la Chambre Syndicale de la Couture Parisienne. And I started there. And um, yeah, that was the... The departure, I would say. <laughs> Point of departure. And then it all happened from there. Yep. <laughs> did you always know that you wanted to go into fashion, Maria? Yes, I did. But it was a, it was a, a mixture of a lot of things. First, I thought I wanted to create, so like um, go into design. And then um, I thought that I wanted to go into editorial. And I took on um, a bunch of um, internships, uh, different magazines. And then finally, in my last internship, Harper's Bazaar, I met Julia. And um, I was introduced to Julia through another intern in the fashion class, and then it's just it been, just happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's just been with Julia ever since I was uh, nineteen. Oh my god! Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Did you guys click right away? Uh, it's always like a process. I yes, mean, but it once really is. somebody is in my heart, then my heart. Whatever. Like I have a lot of assistants from the old times, and I always I'm still in touch with them. My there is an assistant that is actually the godmother of my child so this is oh how close God. I stay in touch and actually I stay very close in touch with my uh, first boss which was Karin Reutfeld the editor-in-chief of French Vogue then and she's also the godmother of my child so it's very close and very family when it comes to to work and fashion which is rare in fashion so I think I, I embrace that a lot too that's very nice stay safe well, all <laughs> world values yes I like exactly it. totally and you're also I mean of the record, on the record, you're also the best boss to have, to be honest. Oh, so sweet. It's on the record. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now you have to keep being nice. <laughs> You've been quoted. That's not a problem. <laughs> um, so when did you start at InStyle? At InStyle, I started in April. So now almost a year. Um, it was very interesting because I have been um, a freelancer since 18 years, meaning I have been styling, I have been working for magazines, but on and off, basically. I came in, I got awarded a job, and I did it, and then I left again. Um, so I was never in a team very much. I was in my own team, which was like Maria and other assistants, but I didn't really, I wasn't part of the corporate world. And I really enjoyed that. But then um, Laura Brown, who is the editor-in-chief of InStyle, um, who I really cherish and who I thought could become one of those people that are my fashion family um, asked me to um, be part of InStyle and I thought okay uh, I'm almost 40 I'm ready for a new adventure and I love this person and I think it could be um, fun to do that and become part of a, of a magazine again and so I did and I didn't regret it till now <laughs> at all. <laughs> no it's a, it's a great adventure because it actually marries the world of um, celebrity styling that I do with Nicole Kidman 
and also the editorial world that I do um, for uh, yeah other fashion magazines. I work for Japanese Vogue, I work for Chinese Vogue, I work for German Vogue, and I do styling for them, which is done with models and more on the editorial world. But to combine these two in InStyle is actually very nice. Um, I marry those two and it's very nice because very often people are scared of dressing celebrities in fashion. They just dress them in like a red carpet gown or like a sparkly thing and da da da. But you can, I think it's much more interesting if you actually dress them in fashion and, and the, the celebrities also appreciate that and I think that's what makes InStyle so special. Yeah. What do you think are the biggest differences between being a an independent consultant and working for a venerable institution like InStyle? Because you've kind of seen both sides and you still do see both sides. Um, I really appreciate now, um, at my age or at my career, the the part of working in a family, the part of building something, it really like building the, the, the issue that we're working on and working on seeing it grow and and having this exchange with other people and the art director and the editor-in-chief and finding an idea about a shoot and it's it's a really it's like a long-term project it's like a, a baby you're creating it's not just dropping in and out like I think at some point in your career it's important to have that I feel like more um, fulfilled. <laughs> what are your tips for having a timeless style as opposed to following the trends of every show and like every season there's you know for somebody like me who likes fashion but very much from arm's length like you know <laughs> recreationally not professionally how do you how do you because you have a beautiful personal style and you seem very on trend but yet you don't seem like a trend victim no I mean that's <laughs> what's so very important you, I think it's very important not to become a gimmick to incorporate the trend, I mean, for, to me it happens organically, it just happens like all of a sudden I see the 90s, so I'd like change my look slightly to like a 90s feeling, or I feel the grunge, I incorporate it slightly, but not loud, it's not like, I'm not trying to copy anybody, I just incorporate it organically into my, it's just a desire that I have to dress a little different, but not that different, and then I stick to this like a crazy person, like I wear the same shoe like for like three weeks, and and then I change again. So I think what is important is to kind of find your corpse style and see like who are you and then sprinkle in a little bit of the the fashion that's out there because I think that what's so interesting in fashion is that everybody always feels the same vibe happening and I don't know how that happens and every time I go to the shows and there's like a, a trend and it's really going all through um, New York, uh, London, Milan, Paris it's very interesting. I don't know how that happens, but I think it has to do with everything out there, with culture. It has to do with politics. It has to do with, like, even the women empowerment. Like, we see so many suits out there right now. We see so many, like, smoking suits instead of evening gowns. It's just, it's everything. Like, it's, fashion is actually more important than what we think sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because it's a visual representation of the, of the zeitgeist, time. right? Exactly. It's, like, kind of everything like, that's happening. if you think about Louis XIV, you know immediately what the fashion looks like. If you think yeah. about the Greek ancient Greeks, you know exactly what the fashion looks like. It's very, it's as as strong as architecture, I think. Yeah, I think often people will um, trivialize fashion and make it seem frivolous. Mm -hmm. Like, oh great, you work in clothes, mm -hmm. period. And but, I feel sometimes like that, but... Which <laughs> <laughs> is funny. But not. But, but I think you're so right. It like represents so much of not just 
the spirit of the times and the zeitgeist and what's going on in politics and the world and the conversations people are having. But it also is the most powerful form of art in the sense it's the only art we ever put on our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think so really very much. Cool. When you are styling a celebrity or model, is it immediately obvious to you what they're going to look great in or is it a work in progress? It's a work in progress, absolutely. Like when I work, for example, when I did uh, Janet Jackson for InStyle, I, I do my research. I look like what looks best on them, what makes it. Because you need to research a little bit the body type. You need to research what, maybe what period of their life they looked to your eyes the best and what and what, what they, they have been, then, what yeah. they were doing then, and what they were wearing then, and, and but the body type is very important too because you don't get any time, any time from those people. You can't like fiddle around and try things out. So you have to be very prepared, and that's a, that's a research, that's a work in progress for sure. Because then you have to find whatever you found out about them, find that in the fashion that's out there right now. So in the fall collections, I have to go in there and see where can I find what I just thought was right for that person and then do that research. So yeah, it's work in progress. It's never... I actually really it. like hearing that because I bet a lot of people would be surprised to know that a veteran beauty director, a vet, you know, a veteran of the fashion industry um, still does homework. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, work always shows. Oh yeah. <laughs> Very much. Preparation is no, key no, no, no matter is. what you it do, It is right? so much, yes. especially with celebrities. I mean, it's so much. And yeah. it also makes it just... If you are well prepared, you're prepared to change, which is very important. If you're not prepared, you can't change. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like the more you, you think you're going to go this route, you're ready, mentally prepared to actually go a different route because you don't start swimming because you're so, you're st you're so stable that you're prepared to wiggle around in different directions. And I think that's, yeah, homework is key. Absolutely. What do you guys think are the biggest kind of directions and trends happening in fashion right now? I mean, there's a trend definitely happening against the whole like leisure, sporty, crop top, um, sweatpants. Um, thank logo, God, logos. Right? Oh my God, thank God. I mean, it was very comfortable. It was great, but I never I'm really gave in. I'm definitely guilty of wearing leggings for too many days I in a row. I never gave in 100%, except okay, for fair. when I travel. My airport look is very famous. Yes, it <laughs> is. But it's still chic. But What's your airport look? Oh, it's like it's like a very. Um, well, we're gonna talk. We're about gonna it talk about it on the website. Yes. Actually, because I just was like, let's talk about airport looks, like, but not just say we're gonna wear this like sweater. With, it's like the whole look, like which shoe goes with which sweatpants, with which sweatshirts, with which bag, and which sunglasses. That's kind of the look. The look. Um, no, for sure, like we're moving away from the whole leisure thing, the whole sport thing. We're actually moving into very like sophisticated um, bourgeois um, uptown feeling. Which is the total opposite from the from the sports, which is exactly what happens all the time in fashion. It's like you are totally in the sports way, and then you go whoosh, all the way to the uptown look. So that's what's definitely happening. And then yes, as I say, the empowerment of women. There is so much suiting out there, and so much like it has never been so many. So everyone, so, everyone so just strong. carried suit and yeah, strong shoulders, which I love. So <laughs> yeah, I love that. Strong shoulders but bottomless. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of stays sexy because. <laughs> yeah, you have add a little sparkle. Of yes, femininity. definitely. Um, do you have any thoughts on kind of current fashion trends I, I mean, that you're I, really loving? Literally, I agree with everything, and 
she's always telling me the same things. I mean, she goes to the shows and... and You've heard and, that before. Yes, and it's just like, I, what... It comes down like this. It just starts from Julian, then it comes to me, and then it, it yeah, just Yeah, and it's happens. very, it's very, um, actually, it's like a gut feeling as well, um, which... Yeah, I usually agree with what the trends out there. Not always, but yeah. Sometimes. Not with a leisure trend. Though, yes, really no. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about the mentorship relationship that you guys have because you're co-founders of the site, which is amazing, but um, you also have a little bit of a mentorship relationship because you, oh, yeah. you met each other Absolutely. when you were 19. I was a baby. Maria, I'm you were Julia's interest. <laughs> you both look like babies to me. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur. Uh, no. Um, yes. There's... So, yeah, so tell me a little bit about how important it has been and the ways in which it has shaped you to have a mentor in the fashion world. I mean, I, I wouldn't just say in the fashion world. Uh, Julia has mentored me in so much. She hates it when I, when I do this, but um, I mean, she's just mentored me in every possible way. I was a baby. I, I moved to New York by myself. Um, she took me under her wing and I've been with her for almost seven years. And in so many different aspects I've like I mean not only has she you know given me a career and helped me grow into I think what I am now but also in 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 a very personal you know in my personal side and for her as well we've she's helped me so much and in, in so many different ways that I'm sure she doesn't necessarily <laughs> want me to go into quiet. right now no I mean I think <laughs> having a mentor in fashion is absolutely in my eyes necessary I had a mentor myself and she is still like when I see her like I always get her advice um she's still my mentor I learned everything through her because I think fashion is very much learning by doing that's kind of what I felt yeah um it's learning by doing it's learning by looking it's learning by being a sponge it's learning by seeing everything and you can't just know it you can't pick it up you might have a desire for it and you might have a talent for it but there's so much about mentoring and being mentored a lot do you think that the fashion world lends itself to mentorship or is it can it be a meaner place like a devil wears prada type of world oh it can be absolutely but it's up to you to decide who you surround yourself with (laughs) i mean fair point (laughs) not everyone is as fortunate but no but yes you can choose who you yes with which part of the playground you play (laughs) what do you guys think about this movement toward um, n- people knocking each other off and this whole culture that, you know, the Diet Prada um, expose oh. of, you know, expose of fashion inspiration or is it knocking I mean, off? Or is I it think sometimes it's not knocking off. Sometimes yeah. it's just a vibe that's around and it's yeah. a feeling. And I think it's, it's not right to say everybody's knocking each other off because it's a feeling. It's a vibe that's out there. It's you have a desire. There's, a, there's as I say, it's, the zeitgeist, it's, it's all of these um, factors that, that come in there. So yes, sometimes it is definitely knocking off, but there's also definitely that feeling of having the same desire, different brands having the same desire for the same thing, that's fine. That's how I always feel, and I've always wondered that from the perspective of someone who's a fashion insider, because even in my world, in medicine and science, it's so common for different researchers in different labs around the world to simultaneously arrive at very similar conclusions. And 
so you know progress isn't linear and you're always inspired by the people mm-hmm. around you and you're everyone is stepping on the shoulders of you know their forefathers and the previous generation and stuff so it's interesting to hear you yeah say I that. don't judge that at all like I really don't feel I think it's over judged that's how I feel sometimes of course there is moments where like whatever the same bag or the similar bag but when I consult people I always stay totally away from it like I really try to um like I really put an exclamation mark on that like don't people are going to think that looks like so try to interpret it in a different way try to the feeling that you have and the desire that you have to make something in this family make it a different way and so I really aspire to, yeah, stay, yeah, do that and not copy. When you're serving as a consultant for some of these big brands, what types of work are you doing for them? Are you helping with design or imagination of the next line? Or are you working on more strategic problems? Um, it is very creative, basically. It's a very creative process. And I start coming in from the very beginning of a collection saying, like, this is what we're feeling. This is the desire we have like let's go 20s let's go 40s let's go Africa let's go China the first inspiration board we make them together and then from there we even like choose the fabrics we decide the shapes we decide which button goes on what which zipper goes where it's a very uh, intense and long pro- process where the designers actually hire me to come in from the outside with an outside perspective and outside eye of somebody who sees everything around them because they are in their little bubble and I just poke the bubble for a little bit come in there play with them and then leave the bubble again so this is how I do it <laughs> I like that because it's probably just what the companies need right a little bit of fresh blood and some fresh ideas I think it does good to them and without I think what's very important as you come in as a consultant is to um, to respect the DNA of the brand, to not try to like make them become, uh, if they're Alberto Ferrati, not make them become a Prada, you know what I mean? This is very important yeah. and to strengthen them also in their um, DNA and say, this is your DNA, you should work on that, you should, because sometimes they get insecure because they look all over around and yeah. they're like, whoa, maybe we should be doing that. I'm like, no, 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 you should be doing what you do best, but let's interpret it in a modern way. It's so funny hearing you talk. It reminds me of the way I talk about what I do, <laughs> where I think about, you know, and not changing the natural character of somebody's face and making little subtle changes yeah. and, you know, maybe going with a little bit of a trend moment toward cheekbones or jawline or lips, but not going overboard. And, it's very interesting to hear that in another artistic field. Yeah, it is probably very similar. I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's very funny. Um, okay, so how did you get your first big break in the fashion world? Because there are so many young people who want to get a foothold in fashion. But first of all, I'm not young anymore. <laughs> you are. No. By the first break, um, I would say, um, I mean, uh, obviously, to actually have met Karen Reutfeld when I was 20, 21, 20, um, was a big break without me even knowing that it was a break because I didn't even know that stylists existed at that point. I was totally like, I came from Heidelberg, a small town in Germany, I had no idea really what was going on. I just started fashion design school, which I then stopped when I met her. But I just had a feeling, I had a gut feeling about her and I really liked her. And so that was the first, like, how I got introduced to immediately the right people in a way. It was Mario Testino, it was Karen Reutfeld, it was all the like the big Gucci and Tom Ford, all of that period of like the great fashion. Then the big first breakthrough I would say was when I kind of spread my own wings uh, going away from assisting Karine and becoming an editor at French Vogue which was 
very prestigious or is very prestigious and I started doing my own fashion shoots there and my biggest first run was actually with Tom Ford as a creative director and Terry Richardson as a, as a it was like a whole thing it was like my first let's say 15 pages in the main issue of uh, of French Vogue and that was kind of when people were like oh actually she's gonna do something that's amazing <laughs> you must have um, taken people must have taken a lot of notice of you at that time. Yeah, yeah, and then actually what was the other breakthroughs probably was that I always left the nest. I was always feeling like, okay, so I left French Vogue and it was like, I want to be freelance. Then I left um, Paris to come to New York to do something else. And I mean, to do the same thing, but in a different, so I was never afraid of moving. And as you say, like adapting to, to change as well. Yeah. And what is some advice that you have to people who were interested in fashion? Like now, if you just happen to not be able to get introduced to Karina well, Rothfeld and Maria Testino, then what do you do? Well, I would say, um, I would say work hard, very hard, do internships, because you might always find a person that might inspire you, you might know better what actually exists out there, because in a fashion design school or in university, you don't, you can't really learn it all. It's really in the field, and try to find a mentor. If it's not Karen Reutfeld, it might be somebody else, but somebody that's a match with you, and somebody that inspires you, and somebody that aspires you, and that you can follow, and that you feel like is worth working very hard for, because <laughs> that's what you have to do. <laughs> yeah, just work very hard, and as silly as it sounds, you have to pay your dues, and internship. I mean, intern, and have the intern, open intern. eyes, like be a sponge. Be a sponge. Yeah. Maria, what did you, what do you think you did that made you stand out from the rest of the interns and all the other young people that Julia met at that time? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have idea. no clue. I think it was a mix of definitely hard work and luck. I, and I think it was more hard work than luck because so many things took, you know, um, prepared me for Harper's Bazaar and then a friend said, And you're not Hi. afraid. That's another thing that's very important. <laughs> no, it is very important because you can't have somebody that is afraid that works for you because you can't be afraid. Like, it's just very important in this business to have a certain, but a very subtle self-confidence. Like, it can't be too much either. It has to be the right You the right wouldn't balance. know. I mean, you wouldn't, we're not going to say it, but <laughs> oh, the, don't way show that you're afraid. <laughs> the way that she introduces me to people at shoots is just very funny. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, that's just what it is. I think it's just, Learning, yeah, learning and observing. Do you guys feel like you have the same kind of fashion vision? Because you're channeling each other oh right God. now with a black we, no. <laughs> we don't. We I, believe it or not, we show up sometimes looking similar to places. Which is weird because like I have sometimes I feature something <laughs> on the website. Was like this is for Maria. <laughs> like, but then I know what then, she's yes. gonna like. Like yeah. I know what Julia's gonna like in a heartbeat. And then it just my our styles are different. It, not at all. But she's always. I know what she's gonna look like, and <laughs> and I think it's it's the same Which for her. Which surprises sometimes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I like him very much. But we we know that, and I think that I just I kind of learn how to work with her style. And it's not a problem to have different tastes when you work with a mentor. It is, I don't think that's a problem. I think that's actually sometimes a good thing because you can, if you have a different um, taste than who you work for, you actually might bring something to the person that you work for that's unexpected. And 
And as the person who has an assistant, you just have to find it and view it and take it in. It's, it's nice to have actually somebody who has different taste. Yeah. Refreshing. Yeah. Well, I think it keeps things new, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I have more of a theoretical question um, for you guys, which is, do you think that there's something about human nature or the human condition that makes us want to restyle ourselves differently over time? Because you would think that once someone found their look, they would just stick to it. Like the Steve Jobs uniform. Or yeah, but the, then people change. I mean, I, not that he was in fashion, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like there's different periods of your life. And different periods of your life demand different... You know, yeah. you, your clothes reflect who you are. And I don't think you're always... You're the same person, but there's different times of your life. And... And then obviously also there's a zeitgeist out there that influences that. So, um, and people like change also. Yeah. I think it's refreshing to be able to, yeah, to push the button off. And women are probably much more like that than men because yeah. they're just lazy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's, um, yeah, no, people like to refresh the button, I think. And sometimes they don't even dare to. So that's why I like to come in as a, as a stylist or a consultant to actually show them that they can um, change, yeah. right? And yeah. I, I, yeah, I want to talk to you about something fun. Okay, anyways, <laughs> so yes. <laughs> yes, you. I, I think that you, you evolve, right? Because you're mm -hmm. not the same person. I mean, I'm not gonna dress in the same thing that I dressed when I was 20, and Julie's not dressed in the same thing that she was in when But she not was in a 20. totally different thing either. It's a yeah. variation of it. Yeah, I like, like that. Like an upgrade of your, Style, yeah, like a coherent evolution. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Coherent evolution, that's a very good. <laughs> um, what is one piece of affordable luxury fashion that you think, I, that may be a, um, an oxymoron, so forgive me, um, so you could choose either affordable or luxury. Okay. But what's one piece of like, I choose luxury. Somewhat <laughs> so, Sorry. What, what's, what's one thing that like everyone should think about getting right now? Right now? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I would say um, a great suit. A great, a great suit. suit. Okay. Because you can wear the pants with a different top. You can also wear the jacket with a different bottom or no bottom. Um, so I really think a suit is very versatile and it's worth investing money. And I really think that women at a certain age, the shoulder of a suit gives gives a very good, um, I don't know, I think like as, as the physics become softer, the shoulders of a suit, I actually, yeah, it's yeah. very, the definition of a shoulder is very important. I like that. And I like it more since I have aged a little than when I was younger. I was like, oh, I don't need a suit. But now I feel like it's good. It's yeah. What do you think, Mike? Sharp. My goodness, Julia. First of all, I was going to say a suit. <laughs> and um, I was going to say any, I mean, any suit from Gabriella Hurst, I think, is just yeah. so perfect like invest, and she's can, so strong invest in um investing in a suit is never um a loss of money really not i think right and i think this whole marie kondo movement has encouraged people to think a little bit more about their fashion choices and hopefully it's a little bit less fast disposable fashion and a little bit more absolutely like quality investment quality piece that, i definitely you know, feel that that's something very much that's happening Thank God, because we don't want to buy a plastic t-shirt and throw it away the next day because it's going to ruin the nature. So I really like that approach of investing in something that actually can last, like classical pieces that then you can give a little 
um, little spice to buy whatever. You can wear the blazer with a flower dress in the summer. You can, um, you can wear it in the winter with a turtleneck. It's it's versatile because it's a very classic piece. Okay, amazing. <laughs> and then the last question. I feel like I could talk to you guys all day. This is very fun. I'm learning a lot about fashion and myself. Um, I would like to ask you guys what beauty means to you and you know you can answer that literally or more figuratively but I think that in some way what you do in fashion is about creating that feeling of beauty so I would love to hear you answer Um, so beauty to me means um, being well in your feeling well in your skin um, being your best um, knowing when you are at your best and how you are at your best as well and um and yeah being beautiful inside as well very important yeah, i find that very important so oh yeah it's like it, karma it reflects like just being feeling good about how beautiful you're inside i think that's very important <laughs> and that reflects in the end there yeah it does <laughs> Doing whatever it is that makes you happy. I think that's that's really beauty. And whether that's, again, very similar to what you do or very similar to what Julia does, it's just feeling good, feeling happy, being beautiful, and, and you know, not getting stuck in this category where either you're too pretentious or you care too much or you don't care enough. I think that there's a good, great area to, you know, where people can go into and stay in there and say, you know what, I'm not happy with this. I can maybe tweak here and there or I'm not happy with this and I can change it up and it just, whatever makes you happy. I think that's beauty. I love that. Well, thank you guys so much. Where can people find you? At www.juliavanboom.com. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Thank you again. This was fun.